When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. everyone and welcome to your bona fide favorite pop culture podcast i'm lucy and i'm Belle. we're your hosts we will be your hosts hopefully forevermore for now and for forever for now and for forever we are we've big news <laughs> oh we we have huge news we are both in the new studio today and it feels great. I feel like a fucking celebrity and it might have something to do with the poster next to me that says, it's a quote from Marcus Aurelius, what stands in the way becomes the way. So that's in Belle's eyeline. And then in my eyeline is done and all red is better than perfect. And actually, it's kind of a motto I live by. Like, oh my God, you've turned into a motivational quote girly. I Um, love it. I love it. um, So yes, this is Belle's first day in the new studio. Had a week of acclimatising and making sure that it was all up to her standards before she got here. My standards, I'm a local celeb. I must say you look super natch. Like when I walked in, it was like like an MTV Cribs episode where you're like, oh, hey, sorry, I'm just on the mixing board. Like, come in. Do you know what I think it is? It's like... The one thing that I've sorted out for us since being here. No, is like you've Belle's, done heat. Well, yeah, but these things like Belle moved here first. Belle has like shown me cute places to go. And obviously like I've found things myself, but this was like a work thing that I needed to do. It was your true triumph. It was. It has been probably my biggest triumph since getting here is finding a podcast studio that feels like home for us. It's something Marcus Aurelius would endorse. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Like oh. it's Roman Empire shit. Oh, yeah, that's why. That's why Belle knows what it is. <laughs> um, we said before we got on the mic that we were going to put in a conscious effort to introduce the episode and lay out what we were going to talk about because sometimes your girls just get into it and we don't introduce. Yeah, it's kind of it's probably the dangers of being like so enmeshed in each other's lives. Sometimes yeah. I don't know. I was going to say, where, where you, you start off. <laughs> See, it happened. Just Kill me. Why does it sound like a Taylor Swift song? Or like a married couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, our weekend, our calendar this weekend, we're busy. Sorry. We're busy. Well, actually, that did, no, that did happen. I'm like, do I introduce the podcast or not? That did happen where we met up. Uh, last Friday night with someone that follows shit you should care about and follows Belle and had slid into Belle's DMs and was like, should we get a drink? Gumptions your door. Love, yeah. Full permission for anyone to do that. Yes, always do that. Um, But do it to Belle because I won't read the shit you should care about DMs <laughs> because they are hell on earth. Um, And she said when Belle responded being like, yeah, me and Luce are keen, she was like, is Luce her wife? Like, who's Luce? And then she sort of went back and looked at Siska and was like, oh, like, duh. But so when I got there, 
before Belle and Alice, the girl that we met, was like, yeah, I thought that you guys were like, I was like, that's cute. They're like a couple. And I was like, oh, my God. We, like, can't be assuming that everyone knows we come as a package deal. I know. And it was even worse because this happens all the time and always by accident we're wearing, like, the same fucking colorway or, like, a matching outfit, which is never intended. Even today, neither of us have worn a slip anything really since being here <laughs> Belle walks in and like we're wearing a fucking silky slip <laughs> or is yours a dress yeah same no and I was just like we can't get away from it just is, lean into it yeah, well we've had to haven't we anyway um we're also going to lean into fucking telling you all what we're going to yeah, talk doing about doing our fucking jobs at the start of the episode so today's episode is all about letting women have interests and why why, why, why men are allowed to be interested in a lot of things and it's cool and they can make a career out of it or just like be seen as being really cool for having those interests. And women, like name one thing that a woman can be interested in really that doesn't get made fun of or she's not expected to turn into a side hustle. So we're going to have a bit of a convo about that. I've got some examples um, and some case studies of why we're talking about it today. And then we're going to hear, obviously, Belle brings with her the wisdom of the world. And so I honestly, I can't wait to dive into that. Obviously, we have Should We Care, which is the segment that Ruby writes for us each week where she basically gives us stories and we decide whether we, and because we're sharing it with all of you, whether you should care (laughs) about it. And then at the end of the podcast, we have a bit of a farewell um, to London Laura. I've recorded a small segment where we we thought we couldn't just like cut her out cold turkey. She's a busy girl, but we were like, we need to get you here for 15 minutes to just say goodbye to all your besties. And it's really cute. She talks about some of her favorite times on Culture Vulture and some I don't know. It's just cute. You're going to love it. It's coming at the end of the episode. So if it seems a little bit longer than usual, stick around. It's worth it. But first, Belle, what the hell describes your week? (laughs) Why am I laughing? It's because I have to train myself to shut up when you speak and like get through all the admin so we don't absolutely like digress. Which we already digress. Oh, God. I hope that's entertaining. I think it's good. Um, Okay. I had to think about this on the way here. My word is... Sounds kind of Christian. Maybe it's got to do with the like sort of godly energy in the new pod studio. But I'm going to say resurrection. Ah. Like I think I had like a week of feeling pretty blue last week for a myriad of reasons I won't bore you with. Life stuff, the way life normally happens. Um, And I've just been like really slowly working very hard at resurrecting out of that and I think sometimes when that happens it can feel really scary and like it's never going to end um, Mm. especially if you've had like a blue period before however long it's lasted so resurrecting out of that it's felt really good I feel like I fall in love with the city every day now and I'm out of it and it's really good and um, the word count is going up on the book manuscript tick 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 as we say in the biz so resurrection love that I also love that you think it needs to be a word that describes your week where it can just be I mean the way it started was a pop cultural (laughs) sort of idea that described your week like a movie that described your week no but then me and Liv back to the Liv days me and Liv never did that we just did like a fucking idea or something that happened in our week. And then me and Laura 
hers would always just be community every week. Hers was community. And so now it's like turned into you've taken it in your own spin as like you've, you're picking a word each week. Okay. Well, I did think that was a brief. And secondly, it's unfortunately just my fucking jam. Like, yeah, it is. It probably comes from the chimes. Yeah. J'adore word. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Love, love, love a word. I and you, yeah, Luce, want to know about you. I um, honestly don't have a, don't have anything that describes my week because I feel like I've lived like fucking ten weeks. Yeah, this is the international life. Yeah, and Peaks, the amount of troughs. Yeah, yeah, and it, and like even in one day, like the, in the weekend, it was like one day would have like a peak and a big trough, yes. and then a big like it's yes. just crazy. Uh, I do feel like maybe what describes my right now is like quite silly. I'm I'm majorly caffeine. You're so delulu. Yeah, I'm delulu. I'm glad I didn't. I was thinking about bringing a bowl of spritz to celebrate our pod mm. culture. Stu- pod culture. <gasps> Riddle the me culture that. The here is so not blokey. <laughs> We're in a man cave. Yeah. Um. So I will be bringing a celebratory bowl of spritz next week, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because you're. Um, Teetering on unhingianio. Oh my god! I know. Lean into it. Let's go. Let's Let's go. It's going to be a bumper dish. It is going to be a bumper (laughs) dish. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Should we care? Story number one, and Ruby, you know I love when you do this, pulls a story that I've already written about in the newsletter, so I feel like I'm doing a good job as a podcast host because I know what the story is. Belle, did you see this week Taylor Swift postponed her Rio shows after a fan died amid the heat wave? I did. Okay. So first of all, this to me feels like a big, scary, unexpected uh, consequence of climate change that we are going to need to think about forever now, like a lot of them, uh, like a lot of the things that climate change is forcing us to now think about. But this heat wave that is hitting Brazil right now has been kind of insane. Apparently outside the show, outside the venue, it was about 39 degrees Celsius, but inside the venue people were saying it felt like upwards of 50. Oh, my God. There have been reports from people inside the stadium saying that they weren't getting water or enough water. So Taylor Swift herself can be seen like walking around stage, like pointing to people that need water, telling her crew to go and get them water and like throwing, she threw water bottles herself to people that needed it. Um, the fact we don't know much about the fan that passed away. Her name was Anna. She was 23. Um, there have been different reports alleging different things. I am not willing to come on here and confirm because I'm just seeing a lot of different things going around what we do know is that at some point at whether it was taylor swift said in her statement it was before the show other reports have said during was when she collapsed from the heat and then died shortly afterwards but what we do know is that it was 
because of the sweltering conditions in Brazil right now. And so, yeah, it looked insane. Have you seen any videos of Taylor Swift on stage from this night? Yeah, and she's like almost stopping and like gathering her breath. And this is a woman who is performing 44 songs a show. Like she is a fucking machine at this. And I think when you see that, it also like – just proves how insane the conditions were absolutely and so they made the right call to postpone the shows and then I think at the next two shows it was managed better the temperature had cooled I don't I mean it still definitely wouldn't have cooled to a point where I'd feel comfortable going to the show dropped a casual couple of digs yeah it's like and and I definitely if I was Taylor Swift like she's putting her life and body like on the line perform like choosing to perform mm. There would be such pressure because you've sold so many tickets. You've got so many fans. It's just, oh, I, anyway. So she did postpone the show. She didn't verbally dedicate the song Bigger Than The Whole Sky to Anna because I think legally if she'd done that, it would have been like an admission of some sort, you know, it would have right. held them liable, I think. But she did play this beautiful song called Bigger Than The Whole Sky, which is, I think, if you look at it really um, literally, it's about a miscarriage. But if you look at it in a wider form, it's about death. And she sung that as one of her surprise songs and fans were like, she did that for Anna. But just imagine the emotions of Taylor being on stage two nights after you know that a fan has died as a consequence of not Taylor Swift the person, but Taylor Swift the machine. Yeah. Like as a, it's not her fault. Yeah. I would never, ever, ever, even like suggest that. Yeah, but it's the fact that it, none of it was handled properly. Obviously, it's and- tr- it's so truly devastating. I actually think you're really smart up the front of this to talk about climate change as well. Because when I was reading the story, I was thinking about all my experiences of going to gigs and festivals and whole, the whole part of it is being sweaty and messy and gross and pressed up against other like strangers and like having a kind of out-of-body experience, however you manufacture that, mm. you know. And the fact that now it's actually gone over and beyond yes. is alarming and concerning yes. and then you start to have tragedies like this and it's like wake the fuck up. Yes. A little like spray tunnel as you walk into the venue is like not going to cut it, cut it or keep people safe. And it's really alarming. And like, you know, you go to festivals and gigs and they have all these weird legalities around. You can only have one bottle of water and you can't use the lid. We have to take all the lids off and you like whatever the rules are. And I think this should be a massive wake up call to the events industry of not like, oh, People are getting tired. It's like, no, the planet is getting fucking hotter. We can't just ram people in a giant venue anymore and just say like, oh, it's part of the experience. Yeah. I remember even some years at like Laneway Festival or at just once in New Zealand, it would hit on a really hot summer day and people would just be getting heat stroke because there wasn't enough shelter for them and things like that. And um, this wasn't even in the peak summer for Brazil. And that's why I'm like, yeah events organizers should try and organize events 
on the shoulder seasons, but I'm like, they did actually. Yeah, I know. It's so it's like the whole infrastructure around them, and 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 now there's so much pressure on artists to tour more because yeah. they don't make as much money from like streaming music. So so artists are touring more, but it's there's like the financial constraints around having to shift that tour around so much is like it's all going to be I think totally relooked at. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, and this goes without saying. We care about this. Yeah, deeply. This, I actually read today um, in preparation for this episode, I was just looking through some pop culture headlines and I saw that a fan at a Robbie Williams show um, died in Sydney just last Thursday. This was not because of the conditions, but a 70-year-old woman, she fell down the stairs in Sydney and she also passed away. And I was just like, this is just and then obviously we saw like crowd crushes and what happened at Astro World, mm. and I'm like, this is actually a really interesting. And I get really claustrophobic, so concerts already for me are quite scary things. Yeah. And like the more I obviously we do this podcast, and you're like looking at the bleak and the really good of I'm like looking at this like, what's the pay like what's the reward like I'm such a fangirl, but I'm like I would now have to consider so many things to go and see someone live oh, I think I know and I can I can hear like an argument about this which is like oh back in my day like there were 70,000 people in a 2,000 person venue and yeah Woodstock and this and that and woke and like you're so precious now and it's like no they're like climate is fucking burning yeah you know and and I think yep that's completely not to be messed with and this is a total repercussion of that. And also, have you seen the Woodstock documentary on Netflix? (laughs) I'm like, you guys just didn't know how bad that was at the time. Like, in (laughs) hindsight, like, that's not something to be proud of. Our next story, Dylan Mulvaney has been named Woman of the Year by Attitude magazine. I didn't see this. If Ruby hadn't written about this, I wouldn't... Have known. No, neither, which is kind of case the in point. point of like Echo Chambers and why it's good to have Ruby writing this. Yes, and also like why is this not being made a bigger deal? Exactly. And almost before we get into the story, for Dylan Mulvaney's sake, she's had things be made into a big deal before and it's really ruined her life. So maybe this flying under the radar to like a huge audience isn't the worst possible thing. But anyway, so the UK-based publication called Attitude is an LGBTQ plus publication and it's awarded Dylan Mulvaney, who we all know as trans activist. I don't know if she calls herself an activist or if she's just a trans person in public that by nature of being that you have to be also an icon. Tricky nuance. I'm, I'm not sure what she calls herself actually. Either way. She deserves the fucking title. She has been named Woman of the Year. She filmed a video for her acceptance speech and said, no matter how hard I try or what I wear or what I say or what surgeries I get, I will never reach an acceptable version of womanhood by those hateful people's standards. But as long as I have the queer community that sees me for my truth, I'm going to be okay. Did you... I mean, you didn't live under a rock, but see what happened with Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light. Yes, I did. And then I watched what happened with other endorsements yeah. that she had done with the likes of Nike. Yeah. And and even I it got even worse with like she was seen to be using a Maybelline product, was it, in a video? And then that kind of caused this huge uproar. Yeah. Dylan has had, for someone that did not choose, like, for anyone that doesn't know, Dylan Mulvaney got famous for making TikTok videos that were like documenting her way 
of becoming a woman, sort of like day 20 of being a girl, like day. It was really wholesome, beautiful, should have stayed that way. She got sent a Bud Light beer, showed herself drinking it. She likes beer. And basically the conservative, I wouldn't even say like just bog standard conservatives, like just a lot of fucking America decided to be the worst possible possible. versions of themselves. And like just made her life hell. She went offline. Like she did not deserve any of this. Anyway, she went offline and I could see how it would ruin her life. I'm really impressed and shook that she's come back online because for a while she was just the most hated woman in the world. Honestly, the level of fucking fortitude it takes to be, I mean, to have that kind of online presence, I just can't even imagine. Oh, I know. And and be a poster woman for something like transitioning in the trans and queer community and then being so harrowed by it and then having the bravery to like know what you're up against and go back out there is just insurmountable to me. It's why she deserves Woman of the Year. She said as she got given the award, she said, some see me as the Woman of the Year, some see me as a Woman of a Year, as I only publicly came out online 560 days ago. Some people don't see me as a woman at all, which is why receiving this honour from a queer publication publication like Attitude means so much more to me. Again, I think this kind of goes without saying that we care about this. Oh, so much so. It's like... Like, transphobia just makes me so fucking sick. Same. I also read that she's so eloquent. I also read another amazing quote from her, which was like, "Um, what I'm struggling to understand is the need to dehumanize and be cruel. I just don't think that's right. Dehumanization has never fixed anything in history, ever. And it's like, when I read that, it's like, that's it. Like, that is the fucking issue. Stop dehumanising yeah. people for how they live their lives that are not affecting you. Yeah, I agree. And the people that come for her, they don't care about making the world better or fixing anything. They just care about staying in their fucking little mm. weird conservative small town but fuck nowhere bubble. And I don't know, maybe they're unhappy in their own lives and like, you know, <laughs> us just trying to, like, solve why people are mean <laughs> on, live on podcast. Tonight, Matthew. Tonight, Matthew. What is that um, reference? reference? Is Am it I stars in the eyes? Out again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel like that's a joke we always say. Yeah, well, I've been meaning to ask you where it comes from. No. Because this is like when I quoted a Milky Bar Kid thing and you were like, no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah, <gasps> no. Why there's, do I feel so old? No, there's a few things, but it's good. Okay. Because I learn. And you learn some things from me sometimes. I do. I do. It's mutual. It's mutual. I am starting to feel like Marcus Aurelius in this ancient Roman. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Our third and final should we care, Suki Waterhouse and Robert Pattinson are expecting their first child. I'm just going to come out there and say it. I don't think I really care about this. But I'll give you a bit of context, everyone. Suki Waterhouse said um, on stage at the Corona Capital Festival in Mexico on Sunday. Okay, is it so bad that as I was reading that, I was like, why have they made a music festival about the coronavirus? (laughs) And then I was like, Corona, Mexico, beer? Anyway, she said... The coronavirus? Yes, I'm dying. Honestly, like... It's all science themed. But it says Corona Capital. I was like, 
Okay, that is um, not a nice way. That's a headline that has, will not endure. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'm extra sparkly today as I thought it might distract you from something else that's going on. I'm not sure if it's working. And then obviously, because I'd seen speculation from people saying that they'd seen photos and she looked pregnant. Um, and then I actually posted something on Instagram that I thought was funny. And it was... And it was. And, it, and honestly, it was. Um, it was about, like, Robert Patterson is expecting his first child with Suki Waterhouse and someone had quote tweeted it and been like, keep Taylor Lautner away from this <laughs> child because for those that don't know, Taylor Lautner's character Jacob imprinted on Robert Patterson's kid in Twilight and it's really weird and I'm not even a Twihard. It's weird. Were you a Twihard? What do you think? I don't think so. No. No. I would kind of love it if I was. I think it would give me more edge. Yeah, it's interesting because I wasn't really a twihard either. I did watch them and I had friends that, okay, also I don't know if they call themselves twihards or if I'm just I, like running with that and it's an awful. I don't know if I was learning from you that time. No. And just to tell you, don't go and tell other people that Twilight fans are all called twihards because maybe it's mean. I don't know. Thank you. I could lose a lot of social kudos in this city by just running around, <laughs> running my mouth off about Twilight <laughs> fans. You're making up on the microphone. Well, speaking of someone that ran their mouth off about Twilight fans, Ruby wrote at the end of this, so do you care? I simply can't imagine Robert Patterson being a dad. I'm kind of obsessed with them as a couple and I love how anti-Twilight Robert Patterson is. And This is interesting because I had previously, before I'd read this, written about what we're about to get into, why women aren't allowed interests. And one of the things I want to bring to the table is when people have gotten famous or made their money off of a show or or a movie that was made for young women, and then once they've gotten famous, turned their backs on it and made young women feel bad for liking it or feel stupid for liking it, which is what Robert Pattinson did he sort of came out really anti-Twilight after the fame and stuff had happened. So I thought it was really interesting that Ruby had put that in there and just a great fucking segue of all of this. But first of all, do you care about um, our pets and Suki having a baby? Okay, who weekly? Um, No, don't care at all. But I do admire them for being like, I love a low-key celebrity couple. Like I love a a celebrity couple that's like, what, you've been dating for six years? Yeah. I think that that takes gumption, which everyone knows I'm horny for. But I also just think that makes me respect them more. So I, I don't care, but I care for them. I'm seeing a bit of a theme here is that, you and I will never care about a pregnancy announcement. No. Like like deeply, but we'll care about the social context around it probably. Yeah, we should set that up from the beginning. Yeah. I and mean, I care about children and life and stuff, but yeah. like celebrity pregnancies, and no. No, unless it's Taylor Swift, I'd probably, or like, you know, unless there's someone that I'm really like, wow, that was out of the blue. But anyway, while we don't care too much about celebrity pregnancies, we do care about women being allowed to have interests. Anyone being allowed to have interests. I care about this so much. You did a great segue and I just wanted to say, it's like the first thing I knew about you say before we met, why is this why does everything just sound like a fucking couple's speech? Was maybe I'd read something you had written really early Siska days about why was I made to feel so embarrassed for loving One Direction and my brothers were just as obsessed with 
the Tour de France. Sure. Bike, cycling. Cycling, Formula One. And tell me how they're different. Like, Mm. tell me how they're different. Like, Nick, bless him, we all love Nick, we listen to him on the shit show at the time, Um, would buy merch because he would buy his favourite cycling team's Lycra. They would buy magazines with their favourite cyclists on the cover. They'd have sleepovers in the lounge, similarly to how Ruby and I would for a One Direction music video premiere. And then... Like Nick went and worked in a bike shop and got bike shop and got to talk about biking all day mm. and and you know riddle me riddle that. me that riddle me that riddle me that if I wore a Nirvana t shirt to school which I didn't do but if I did actually I went to an all girls school so maybe it wouldn't have happened so so much there but someone would be asking name me five of their top ten songs yeah like as if you're not allowed to just be interested in like anyway it's a it's a long-standing tradition that especially young women just aren't allowed to be interested in anything interested in anything really without being questioned for it or made to feel stupid for it. And the reason that it felt like we should talk about this this week was simply because of a tweet which it was based on an article and the article was about a husband that has made that had made his wife a Taylor Swift jar. So every time she talked about Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey, she had to put money in the jar. This fucking kills me. <laughs> and to be fair, I went and read the article and sh- the wife was like, it was funny. It was mm. actually sweet. He was out there like making it. He decorated the jar and it was like a joke. And it's like, I get that. It was a total joke. But it was kind of like the person quote tweeted it and was just like why don't we make or like they said something like why don't we make you put money in a jar every time you shut down a woman's interest or something (laughs) like that like I love the internet I know I was just like yeah that's actually that's actually so true like woman interests we should talk about this at the same time Jacob Elordi has been doing the press rounds. Have you been seeing Jacob Elordi everywhere Just lately? absolutely everywhere. It's such a case study for how to, I don't want to say manufacture fame, but like skyrocket fame. Yes, yes. And he has been like he's seen as the internet's baby girl and he's been doing a lot of press and he's great. Like I love Jacob Elordi. I love him. But he... One of the things that he said in a Variety article stuck with me for this podcast and it was him shitting on his previous movies, The Kissing Booth, which, let's be clear, everyone, I didn't love the movies. I think I was a few years too old for them. But the fact that they made three meant Mm. that there was a lot of young women that did like those movies. It's a popular fucking franchise. Yeah. Yeah, very popular franchise, probably made Netflix a lot of money. And... He, it's so fair enough that he came out and said this, but I just think it's really interesting in the context of what we're talking about. He said, I didn't want to make those movies before I made those movies. Those movies are ridiculous. They're not universal. They're an escape. And then his co-star, Taylor Zakar Perez, who, have you seen Red, White and Royal Blue, the movie? No, but I know you, J'adore. Uh, yep. Because I love the book and then I love the movie. He was on the kissing booth with Jacob Elordi. And I also don't like when news outlets pin cast members against each other. Yeah, because it's such a like, it's a real, it's lazy journalism. Yeah, because it's like you're not asking Taylor about him right now, you're asking about his reaction. Anyway, he said, I thought it was a shame 
that Jacob Elordi had said that because to my knowledge, everyone else had such a wonderful experience. It's a shame that was his experience on the set, especially when those movies came out. It was a time when we really needed something, something like that. And I just thought this was interesting because, again, the way that Jacob Elordi got his fame and a lot of his probably a lot of the opportunities that he's getting now, even if he didn't want to be doing those movies, which I wholeheartedly believe he didn't, he, in hindsight, was like, fuck, was I ever going to be taken seriously again? But it is just there's something about doing something that catapults you and makes you a lot of money and then turning, and especially something that, like, young women loved and turning around and being like, those movies were so embarrassing. Like, I can't believe I did that. (sighs) I just, I don't know. I think it's interesting. And then I'm just going to read you, before we get into our discussion, I'm just going to read you a few of what Robert Patterson has said about Twilight. As a Twilight? As a, no, I was not a Twilight. This is why it's like funny. I'm like, I feel like I'm fighting the battles that I felt with One Direction for all the people that loved yeah, these Yeah, you're things. really, you're doing, you're doing every woman's you're work. Doing the Lord's work. <laughs> no, so again, can I just make it clear? I think it's funny that Robert Patterson, like, did this. We can hold multiple things to be true in our heads at once. I think Robert Patterson coming out against Twilight because, yeah, the movies are quite tacky. I think it's funny that he did this, but I also think... Um, you think they're what? <laughs> tacky. I think in this context... um. It's helpful for our conversation. So he told Vanity Fair in 2011 that he can't really understand Twilight's appeal and that many of the fans just want their fandom to to, to define them. People really just like being part of a crowd. And it's like, yes, they um, do. Human truth. Yeah, Hi. Human truth. And then he said to Interview Magazine um, that many of Twilight's fans were older and then he mused on what these masses of people do the whole day. They sit in front of their computers and comment on anything having even remotely to do with Twilight. <sighs> he So that's the stuff that he said about the fans. I was like, oh, they probably bought the merch that paid for your house. I was just about to say their pockets are li- you, yeah. they're lining your pockets. I know. Are you serious? I know. Yeah. And, and then so this, this is kind of funny. He ran out of the theatre during the no. premiere of Twilight. <laughs> Because he, like, couldn't have to <laughs> Which that's, like, that's funny. I die. I die a thousand deaths. This is what he said about the book. When I read it, it felt like a book that shouldn't have been published. <laughs> You're saying this about the franchise? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He said, it was like reading her sexual fantasy, especially when she said it was based on a dream and it was like, oh, I've had this dream about this really sexy guy and then she just writes this book about it. And and then he continues, like some things about Edward are so specific. I was just convinced like this woman is mad. She's completely mad and she's in love with her own fictional creation and sometimes you'd feel uncomfortable reading this thing. That is where I'm like, let women write things. Oh, my God. And then, I mean, there's a whole lot of fucking um, conversation that could be had about the loaded, she's a mad woman. Yes, yes. And, uh, like, someone like um, Marion Keys, who writes, who's been famed for writing Chick Lit, lit, writes really eloquently about this. Or Rebecca Yaros, who writes Fourth Wing. It's like... We don't have these conversations really about male writers. Exactly, exactly. And so I thought when I was reading about all these things that were just happening right now in the media and then when I read about Robert Patterson. Dark <laughs> vampire his- history. history. 
And I was like, wow, even the most fam- like she's a really famous author and like maybe it's not everyone's cup of tea, but like what would he think of people that write fan fiction? Like what yeah. would he think? I just think it's these are these women's interests, the people that the person that the kissing booth was based on books, Twilight based on books, these women are writers. Like what are we allowed to do then? Yeah, they, <laughs> what, like give me one thing. Honestly, honestly. Okay, do you know what this made me think about? And I'm really nervous now this is going to age me out of this conversation or make me sound like um, an ancient woman. But I was thinking about the Beatles and like yeah, yeah. The, the female fans fandom around that was like hysteria. Yeah. And then before that, like the, the concept of hysteria and fan hysteria, particularly around women, actually dates back to like um, centuries before and it's called Listomania if you're a like indie band girl fan that's um, a song by Phoenix who is he, the lead singer of Phoenix is Sophia Coppola's husband Sophia oh. Coppola wrote Priscilla Christ it's um, a web <laughs> it's the world wide web but um, there was a famous pianist called Franz Liszt and he um, famously would uh, p- perform at these concerts centuries ago and apparently all the female members of the crowd went into this dizzy hysteria and so they called it Listomania. Mm-hmm. Phoenix wrote a song about it and then the lowest, like then you start to see, I guess, the most like significant moment from that was Beatles, mm-hmm. Beatles hysteria. And so it immediately, it, it always has been really framed as this like female frenzy of fandom and the only way I've ever seen men allowed to have it is it, at sports games. Yeah. Or the thing is, the way you said they're allowed to have it is like they are allowed to have it and people aren't writing articles like they were about yeah. the Beatles saying Beatlemania, these women are hysteric, they're obsessed, they've yeah. lost their minds. Yeah. And then again, I remember like 50 years later when someone wrote about a One Direction concert and this guy was like, they're knicker-wetting banshees. Like and it's like, has nothing changed? Yet men, every weekend, sports, yeah, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. You're allowed to do that and you're not, like you'd never go up to a guy and be like, sorry, you're being hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Calm down over Nickelback yeah. and fucking Richie McCaw. That's why I love, I like, and it's because we need it. I love when people that have young female fans, like Harry Styles, yes. go on the record and say that they appreciate them. He is, I mean, this is obvious, oh, this is a whole other TED Talk, but, like, that is such a smart fucking thing that he did very early yeah. on, and that is why he's captivated, yeah. like, a very contemporary, like, old and young and everything in mm. between audience is, like, I'm not embarrassed yes. to, to be loved by young women or and do you young know what people. Do you know what he's never done is he's never gone on the record and said, I didn't like the music we were making. Yeah. I didn't like this because he knows that so many people loved it yeah. that he doesn't want to be like a Robert Pattinson and be like, I'm going to discredit the music that they all liked because I think it's lame or bubblegum pop or yeah, whatever. Yeah. There's something so like bleak as well to say that to people who are whose love for what you were in or what you made literally has funded your life. Yeah. Like there's a commercial aspect of it that is so, I think, like yucky. Yeah. And the second element is like, yeah, tastes change. Like yeah. I think about shit I wrote five years ago and I cringe, but to disregard it and, and think that you're better than it is like completely beyond the point. Yeah, or to be like, oh my god, like if if you were like anyone that read that and then bought my poetry yeah. book off of that or whatever, like 
what were you thinking? Yeah, like, you lose it. It's like, just, no, you wrote it. No, it's <laughs> You just, made the thing. Yeah, it's so interesting. And then just more, more than just the fact that, I mean, it's really funny and crazy. And like, I can't believe that this is the way that we still treat like women and fans because it has always been known that like young women drive culture forward mm. and hold like purchasing power. Yes. And so we know that and have known that for decades, yet still it's like, oh, well, they're stupid for loving K-pop and, and like that's such a waste of time. It's like, sorry, you're like playing Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry, you're on the betting gambling app. And I think the same parallels could be drawn with the queer community mm. and like how often they're seen to be like on the front of like cultural discovery yes, and yes. fuel huge, and language yeah yep. and fashion mm-hmm. and pop culture and music and tv and i think they're off also kind of lumped into the this way of like describing fandom yeah i agree and it really does sound like we're coming on here being like men are allowed to be interested in this and women aren't it's not it's just that this is a very the easiest way we can talk about it is in conjunction with something else yes and and just in my experience in the 25 years I've been alive, I've never felt more stupid than when, like, I see sports fans being able to, like, light shit on fire and riot and then, like, we're going to a concert and it's, like, it's so dumb that they're dressing up or, like... Yes, you know. I know, I know. And I feel like I wonder if part of it for celebrities is to show, like, a maturation and a growing up and a refinement of their style. And in order for to do that, so in order for... um. Jacob Elordi to be like this chic kind of slightly mysterious A24 um, actor. He has to like disregard his kind of bubblegum pop youth. And I think the most elegant people can hold both. And um, I think it's a shame when that he hasn't been able to do that. Yeah. And like I love him oh, so kind of much. Soft boy energy. Sorry. Yeah. I know. It's it's because it's a real confidence to be able to be like. I mean, and Harry Styles did it to be able to be like, I did that. Yeah. And I'm proud of it. And it was part of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I now have an emo fringe and a little waistcoat. And yeah. sometimes I wore beads and look at me now. Yeah. Like even better. Like I've done both. Yeah. You know. I and can be. I can hold these two experiences in one. Yeah. So anyway, all of this to say, if you're out there and you're interested in something. Just keep being interested in it. Yeah. Keep and honestly play some on this podcast episode if they're making you feel like <laughs> you're wasting your time. Yeah. And we talk about obsessions all the time. Oh my and God. Yeah. So fucking, I mean, good, obse- healthy obsessions is like not like open that can <laughs> of worms, but like whatever they are, I think gendering them and, and making people embarrassed for them is so bleak. And like, it's 2023. Let me live. Let us live. In the perma-weird, perma-crisis, fucking just climate change, overheated venue hell. Oh, God. Great that way to end a pod. so no, emo. No, I was like, God, it sounds like you're on the shit show right now. <laughs> um, on that note, on yes. obsessions, on being interested in things. Yeah. What's on your radar? So I have been listening, I've been watching Bad Sisters. It's a dark, Irish dark comedy and it's so funny. And I think I was saying to Lewis, I think it's because we met like a bunch of like gorge Irish women out the other night and then I went home and watched that. Yeah. Um, I've finished Fourth Wing. Yes, as have I. Been on a big journey with um, kind of... Listening to Dragon Sex. Basically leaping into the dra- world of Dragon Sex and... 
Can't wait for ancient worlds. And we honestly, I think it's going to be a really good podcast episode about that because it's like nothing Belle and I have ever read or listened to before. I'm almost like intimidated to talk about it on that podcast because I, I just don't know where to start. But I'm going to do my very best. And then, oh, I'm speaking at a poetry event tomorrow night, which is my first foray back on the real life mic in a really long time. And I'm trying not to cringe myself out about it, but be an obsessed fangirl of myself and do it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I can't wait for that. I can't actually come and watch Belle, which kills me, but maybe I can swindle something. Maybe you can film it like oh as, God, a, as, a, as performance art. No. Like, <laughs> the rain beats down. Da-da, da-da, da-da. That's not her poetry, everyone. <laughs> Okay, you. Tell me about you. Um, on my radar, we've already talked about this in real life, the movie Boyhood and yeah. the Before series. So I went out for a friend date, which actually felt like a blind date, with a Irish girl and we were talking about movies and she mentioned these movies and I was like, I got home and I said to Belle, have you watched these movies? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I fucking love them. And I was like, yeah, I thought that you'd mentioned them or I thought that you'd love them because you gave me the way she spoke about them felt like something you'd said to me before. And so Boyhood was filmed over 10 years and it filmed and it, I haven't watched it. So I don't actually really know how to talk to you about this everyone yet, but I'll report back when I have. Bell's watched it. Apparently very good. And the before sunrise, before something and before something else, again, filmed over long periods of time follow the same people and how they change. I wonder if I'll get bored. I'm worried that you will. I feel like I I'll come, probably never watch them. Uh, no, I want to come home and see you just obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> you just did this, which is like skipping forward through uh, them. Yeah. I really, okay, next week I want to hear your hot takes because. I will not have watched them all next week. Oh, what? Oh, you need to just go and get a gorgeous hangover and that will just set oh, you up for the weekend. It's so true. Anyway, team, that's me and Belle done for this week on the mic but you get to go and hear for one last time for a while um the gorge london laura and hear about what she's up to now why she's not on the mic with us anymore oh my god laura you're leaving us so weird not for real not for real not for real not for real it's just a joke it's like a funny joke. You all know that Laura, what, do you know this about Laura, but she spreads herself just so thin that it was almost <laughs> like having to sit her down and be like, okay, babe, you're actually at Oxford and you're in a like foreign country, which aren't we all, and you have this big job and you're still running shit you should cook about and should you take a break from one thing? I was like, maybe not. Maybe I stay, maybe I stay monthly. <laughs> Literally. No, she was genuinely like, the one thing shouldn't be culture vulture, though. <laughs> and agreed. Look, agreed. But sometimes some tough love on an overworked girl. Is... And that's and that's friendship. We simply love it, but we also hate it. We love it, but we hate it. But you're still going to be around, though. I'm definitely still going to be around. Shit You Should Cook About will still be going. I'll still be in the newsy. I'll still be on the Shit You Should Cook About Instagram. And I will also be popping up here for little interviews and ring-ins when I can like when I can tell you stories about how I thought I saw Stanley Tucci downstairs in the cafe and (gasps) it definitely wasn't but almost was okay so just I got these texts from Laura that was like all caps naturally oh my god Stanley Tucci is in the cafe downstairs and I was like you have to go see him or something you're like I'm here it's not him oh (laughs) I just can't this is shows you my brain space at the moment I've been writing an essay I've been I don't know if we said this but the reason I have to kind of take a wee break is that I'm studying 
on top of work at Oxford. Um, She's at Oxford, everyone. Studying psychotherapy, loving it, but need to. She needs to. She needs to do that, but also love sharing the tips and tricks from that. So stay tuned. Yes. But I was downstairs having a little coffee break from writing my essay, and in walks honestly Stanley Tucci. Like he was wearing a gilet. He had the little, I don't know, Italian leather shoes on. He had the glasses. I, same height. I've never seen him in real life. Actually, no, I have when he spoke. Same height. Like, what the hell's a gilet? No, you know. Sorry, I'm actually not cultured. No, this is like, I know this is another culture thing because when I moved to the UK, everyone was like, gilet. And I was like, what is that? Oh. A little puffer jacket, but it's just a vest. Oh, so a puffer vest. A puffer vest, but a gilet. <laughs> okay, she's no longer t- fucking take the girl out of New Zealand. <laughs> it's a puffer oh, vest. Oh, a puffer vest. <laughs> oh, a puffer vest. Half of my oh, one of them. <laughs> this is what you're going to miss, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, he's wearing his gilet. <laughs> he's wearing his gilet. And I, I looked into his eyes, and I swear to you that man was Stanley Tucci. I text Rupert and I said, you have to get down here now, now. And I just thought, how perfect is this? We're doing like a little end of Culture Vulture. I could literally ask him for an interview. Like Aww. imagine I could go get the mic. It's upstairs. I could yeah. get the Eddie. I could bring it down. Imagine. And then he opened his mouth to order his coffee and it was not Stanley Tucci's voice. And I did think, what if he is method acting? Oh. What if? He's going to come out and do a little show about being someone like born and raised in London because it was very London accent. Oh, yeah. But, but I then, no, it, oh, I know it was not him. You even tried to gaslight yourself to, like to let you still have Stanley Tucci. I can't. Literally the last tab open on my phone is Stanley Tucci face because <laughs> I held it up. Hey, is that you? Damn, because it was, I was like, okay, but she's not allowed to have Harry Styles down the road and Stanley Tucci. Did you see his shaved head? I know. What do you think? We haven't talked about it on Culture Vulture. I feel like you, I looked at the first photo of it for ages and it was so blurry, but you seem to have a higher definition photo than what I was seeing. I like it. It's very, it's just giving David Beckham, they're all doing it. All the boys are doing it. Yeah, I will say I miss his curls and sorry, I'm not even sorry actually. But good for you. Good for you trying out something new. But I think, yeah, um, David Beckham inspiration for sure. Can we talk about Beckham for a moment? Because famously you told me you didn't curl and then you curled. Yeah, I literally was like, so, <laughs> like we can't. I wanted to do a whole episode on it. And Lucy was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. And then I came to London, spent the whole time I was in London watching the Beckham documentary. <laughs> and I loved it. I well, love well, it. well, well, look who knows you better than you know yourself. I know, which is actually funny because we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from Culture Vulture. Oh. And, like, one of my favourite moments is when I said, um, I said, yeah, I cook things and then I don't, and then I, it's, by the time they're done, I don't want to eat them because I don't like them. And then you're like, so why are you never proud of yourself? Why do you find it hard to be proud of the things that you do? And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes, and I can't believe I said that. Like, no, but it's so true. I think about it all oh, the time. Lucy, I, there's been so many. When you said I've never been invited to a wedding, but I worked at one. <laughs> is, that, is that the same thing? <laughs> 
no yes it is the same thing this brings brings me to my favorite episode well I've got some of my favorite episodes but I honestly think if you haven't listened to it the Enneagram episode yes yes because it was unhinged it was chaos first of all we couldn't even do the numbers in like (laughs) I know we couldn't go from one to nine we went from like one to five (laughs) I think we skipped nine because we just did not we did we were just like oh we'll do the people in the Siski universe and we'll give them all and it's like sorry that is so self-indulgent just fucking read what the numbers are everyone who's alive is so so, I honestly that episode for me especially because you kept calling yourself the number that you weren't and then oh. when we found out your number and I was like, so why aren't you into physical touch? No, that was when I discovered you weren't into physical touch and I've hugged you every time I've seen yeah. you. <laughs> no, which to be honest, oh. I can't, it's only, we, me and Laura have only seen each other in person three times. Stop it. <laughs> that is a lie. No, that it's is not. a lie. No, it's not. No. Since, the wait, first, there was the time the, at Peachy we had lunch. There was the time yeah. at Kind. Yeah. Oh, spoiler, all these places, you should go see them. Yeah. This time at Jolene. And we were only seeing each other in real life through No, months. I came to the spin-off offices once and saw you. I swear. We, okay, have, well, maybe, we must have met up more than once at nah, th- Think about that, everyone. This type of chemistry and only four times. But famously, Lucy could have chemistry with a brick. <laughs> Another iconic doctor. <laughs> oh, oh, honestly. I'm going to miss it. Wait, okay, no. What are some of your other f- – I've got another favourite episode, actually. I've got some. Um, what are like, Okay, I loved our episode on um, the friendship recession. And, like, I feel like it – I don't even remember this. It was like, why do we all just think we need to get up uh, – get up, grow up, get married, and then, like, just live far away from our friends with our husbands. Why don't, Oh, the commune episode. Yeah, why don't we just start a commune with our friends? Like, that seems fun. And that I remember... That seems fun. We were, like, trying to dissect whether we thought we were good or bad friends. And I remember I got a little bit deep being like, I feel like I'm a bit of a bad friend lately. And then you were like, God, these all just turned into therapy sessions. Like, you giving me a therapy session. There were a few weeks in a row where it was you actually being my therapist on my, I feel like there, I there, was a, there was that there was an Enneagram one there was like a what you can learn from your exes or something that also was yes. like a what are you afraid of what's your deepest fear or unbearable feelings that was <laughs> oh God. I also loved date the person that makes you cringe because oh. I thought about Stanley Tucci like the whole time I lo- and now you know him and now I know him and we oh. really hit it off everyone that was that's down as one of my favorite episodes because it was so chaotic us just sitting on the couch no. and him having to fix the laptop and you guys meeting for the first time. Also, for a not touchy person, can I just say Lucy couldn't stop touching me that night. So clearly Aww. I've broken your walls. And I hugged Stanley Tucci like twice that night. So You did hug him twice. Yeah. That was beautiful. That felt yes. like two – I couldn't believe you guys hadn't met, but then I guess we've barely met. I barely yeah. know you. <laughs> so. No, literally. Everyone, we should have done an episode on how you forge a good online relationship. Do a oh podcast together. God, we should have done that. Isn't that crazy? Because I would not think that our relationship was like an online one. But we would. I mean, this proves that long distance could really work. Yeah. Oh, because I don't like touch, so I'm like, this is kind of my favorite. Kind of perfect. I'm actually kind of into it. 
Maybe you uh, should date someone you've never met, not the person met? who makes you cringe. Well, maybe that's why I love Harry Styles, etc. so much, because <laughs> I just know that I'll never have them, so it's more fun that way. Oh, oh But anyway, it's been a great run, and we'll get you back as a ring-in. Whenever you have anything that you just need to say or write about or whatever, you'll all be seeing her around. She's not gone. I'm not gone. I'll be in Shisha Cookabout. I'll pop back. Yes. If I ever find Stanley Tucci, I'll bring him back for an interview. Um, also, Haim, oh, we're still, yes. we still love you. Yeah. Dolly Orton still love you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was more people on the list, but <laughs> we're but still you know waiting. What? Yeah, we're still waiting. And you'll hear from Laura again when she bags us a really high-profile interview. Or I just want to come back and talk about what I've learned in my therapy class that week, which I do want to say these I absolutely love doing these they've been pure chaos and probably should have been scripted for like the sake of everyone not sitting through 45 minutes of like our catch-up but I know but I do think that like even if I brought a bit of a therapy vibe to it I've just loved it so much and I really hope that people have felt a little bit of community because I have felt a lot of it from doing this and the emails and comments and DMs have been so gorgeous and if anyone, you know, artists out there, look after your mental health. Yeah. And keep it coming, guys. You can find her at shit you should cook about. Keep those DMs coming. She needs, she's studying. She needs the well wishes. I actually do. Yeah. 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 And I need stories. So. Yeah. True. Lucy's actually my first client. Um. (laughs) And I'm like really good, healed and good now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing you've ever said. You're just so healed. healed. Oh, Rupert literally laughed. He laughed when I said that. We do have fun. We do. <laughs> we do have fun. Oh, it's been a ride, everyone. Um, send Laura a goodbye DM, will ya? Send me a DM. Love you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.